0: A collect call from an inmate at the Washington Correctional Center. To accept the call, press 5. There is nothing like waking up to the sound of clacking and buzzing as the doors crack in the morning after count clears. Waking up to the reality of life in prison. For some, it is just a stop along their journey, a milepost, an experience for others it is a revolving door in and out in and out and that's their way of life stuck in the cycle pulling and eating away at them and then for some it becomes their destination as the hammer came down and that judge issued them a death sentence the slow way by way of life in prison this is the life of a lifer by taylor conway Friends and family, how you doing, man? It's the first of the year. Holy moly. 2019 flew by. I'll tell you what. But here at the Life of the Life, well, we got a lot accomplished. We completed our first season of the podcast, created inside the pod. The realest podcast that you'll ever find, according to our friend, OG Omid. I really liked what he said about that. (laughs) But anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. What I'm here to talk about is how it's the beginning of the year. Everybody sets New Year's resolutions. Everybody gets all excited about the new year to come and what is going to happen. And then, what, a week or two goes by, maybe a month goes by, and then you forget about it. So what I want to say is, You know, taking this new year, not only is it the new year, but it's uh, the wrap-up of another decade, 2020. I feel like a lot of good things are going to happen in 2020. I feel like 2020 is the year for growth. It's a year for movement, not only in criminal justice reform, actions taken to really start looking into these issues that need to be looking into but personally i feel like a lot of opportunities are going to be available for people in 2020 you know and the opportunity is available for anybody on any given day all you got to do is reach for it you know i i feel like things that most people think are impossible If you really visualize it and conceptualize it and then start striving towards it, you're going to achieve it. We've showed many examples of different people who overcame adversity, who went through so many different things and they were able to achieve stuff that nobody would have ever thought was possible. I could be an example of that myself. I mean, I, look at me, I'm serving a life without the possibility of parole sentence and what we've accomplished is amazing. And we're just getting started. In 2020, I feel like is going to be the catalyst to really start making movements on this thing. I mean, look, yeah, I'll recap for you, basically we've done it all in 2019. We're We're getting ready to do our fourth edition of the Inside Design Conviction magazine, which is our one-year anniversary. I'm so excited about it. I just want to tell you that, man, this has been something that just a couple of years ago, it was a crazy idea that I thought could work. And then the more I thought about it, the more I mapped it out and conceptualized it, the more possible I thought it was and then when we actually put it into action now it's like wow it's a living thing it's a continuously growing thing so having said that what more perfect way to kick off this one year anniversary edition than to put Seth Anthony my good friend who's coming out and dropping his album 2020 vision this month around the middle of the month sometime you know, he served a whole bunch of time and we interviewed him so you could check out his interview and learn a little bit more about him but he's a phenomenal singer slash rapper and just a real dude that has come so far and come through so much adversity and he took his dream and now he's living it and he's becoming successful at it because He grinds and he doesn't stop and he works hard. He saw the pathway. He had a vision for it. And now he's executing it. And that's the type of things that we're aligning with. I mean, look at... Let me give you an example. When you hear this interview today, uh, my man Magnetic, you'll see that not only did he overcome a life sentence, served 25 years. That's a quarter of a century behind bars he's now out and he hasn't forgot where he came from he's doing really good and now he is sharing his message and his story with people to go ahead and make a difference So I can't wait to get him on the line and hear what he has to say because this dude has come through so much and come so far we got the free Taylor project coming out that's a five-year project in the making and I can't wait. We're, we're doing some really cool things with that. And it's just a, it's a piece of me and it's a piece of my brother, Caleb Quidwell, who, you know, he still goes through struggles, but yet he hasn't given up, and I'll never give up on him. Is we've, we've gone through, you know, some turmoil between us, but at the end of the day, when you care about somebody, you don't give up on them and you love them. And so through that, you're able to, strive and overcome and achieve so we finally made that into fruition and later on this month that's going to be dropping and i mean it's it's a piece of something that was born in prison and you'll see all different types of feelings and emotions that come out of these songs because it's not just one genre of music you're going to get a few different genres. You're going to get different emotions that you feel when you listen to them. And you're going to get kind of an a all-encompassing package there. So, I mean, it's really cool. And we are in the works right now of making our second album. Well, it's going to be kind of like an LP, I guess you would call it, about six songs or so like that. I'm not really going to mention too much about it right now, but just know that we're not stopping here with the Free Taylor project. It's not just like, yeah, that's it, and we're done. Design Conviction Entertainment is a record label that is going to be a continuous building project and a branch of everything that we're doing because it's art, you know, and we're building that. So I just want to say that uh, I can't wait to get into this interview. And I'm looking forward to finding out more about my dude, Magnetic. And here, I think we got him on the line. Hey, hey, Magnetic, man. Are you there?
1: Yes, yes, I'm here, I'm here.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going it's going great, man. I'm glad to have the opportunity to speak with you and um, share some light and um, offer you a little energy to um, keep you going and, and everybody that you're representing
0: going. I appreciate it, man. It, it means a lot to me that the way we're able to network and connect with like-minded individuals that are moving forward in a positive direction and, and trying to really shine light on some of these real issues that we have going on in our country and be there to support one another who have gone through similar situations. So it means a lot to me, and I appreciate it. And I, it's a pleasure to have the chance to get to know you, and it's really an honor.
1: I uh, greatly appreciate that. Likewise, definitely. Likewise. In any in any way that um you know, I can be a vehicle, for, you know, for the voiceless. Not really voiceless, but people whose voices aren't being recognized and heard. You know, um, considering that I was once that voice.
0: It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Absolutely, it's. It's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, it's not really funny, but it's ironic that you mentioned that, a voice for the voiceless, because that's kind of a theme that we have here on this program on The Life of a Lifer is that we're trying to give a voice to the voiceless or to the people who have not been heard from They kind of just throw people away and forget about them, lock, lock them up and throw away the key, so to speak. And from what I understand in your situation, you serve... Uh, extensive amount of time, over a couple of decades, incarcerated, and you were able to achieve parole and are now, you know, getting back into society. Would you like to uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Um, well, I was incarcerated in the state of Virginia um, in
1: 1993. Well, I was, um, I was 19 years old. I was convicted of um, first-degree murder. Matter of fact, it was a capital murder charge. And like many of, of, of many cases, you know, um, I went to court with, uh, individuals who I thought were friends of mine and, and they came to court on me and I was facing the death penalty. The jury didn't give me the death penalty, um, because the Virginia Capitol murder has the death penalty, so I didn't get the death penalty, but I was sentenced to, with a life sentence, life plus, life plus 24, which is kind of crazy because how do you add had, had anything on to a life especially in Virginia is considering a life sentence to be six hundred years and I had parole and I was able to, you know, fight or make parole after my eleventh turns and on my eleventh on my eleventh opportunity to be, um to go up, I made it after twenty five years. You know, um I came home with forty six, you know, forty five I'm now forty seven. And I didn't come home unscathed, um, you know. Definitely a lot of trauma, but I'm blessed to be here. You know, it's an honor to be here, and knowing that I left so many men and women behind, behind those walls, you know, I wanted to be a vehicle to change. You know, because at the end of the day, if a dollar, you know, circumstances, you know, it's easy to stand before the judge for a crime, but what what the judges don't take into consideration or don't even care about. Is the mitigating circumstances of an individual's life that led them down that road, you know, and that's that's the humane, that's the humane part that prison doesn't really, you know, alienate. You know, you go into an abnormal situation and you have to become abnormal. I had a few good brothers around me, you know. Um, it was like I could have went in there and broke down, or it was like either you stand up. Or you deteriorate, and some, you know, some fall by the wayside, and, and it's not by choice. The person are harsh conditions, isolation, um, loneliness. Not to not not to mention the mental health aspect of being incarcerated, because that plays on your mind. You know, just just for me, you know, just for me, I just I just learned how to sleep with the light off, like four months ago. You know, I came home and was sleeping with a light on. I couldn't even adjust to sleeping in the dark because for twenty some years I had a security light I had to look at. You know. Absolutely. And it's the of it, and, and it's a barrier that you know, people now there's a there's a push. That's one thing I can say, at least now, you know, people are, are recognizing that solitary confinement is inhumane. Long term segregation is inhumane. Um locking people up is not doing anything to deteriorate. To tear away at the fabric of, of the crime you know of, of of crime statistics you know that's just saying you're putting people up in, in in a place for a long periods of time and now they, and then when when they are released you're going to reintegrate people back into society who don't know how to deal with people in society i've had to be re-acclimated because one thing i realized you know I came home the same age that I went in. You know, in some aspects of my life, even though I'm in my 40s, I'm still 19. You know, and recognizing that is, is 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 scary because there are things that I I didn't have, I've never had an opportunity to do. Balance a checkbook, the checkbook, responsibilities of how to balance the budget. You know, in prison you're making 30, 45 cents, at least in the state I was in. You know. Yeah. The you know, so for me to come home and have the opportunity to be alongside so many different people that are on the side of Close writers campaigns and my brother OG Audio and what they're doing to shed and shedding light, you know, through their music and, and, and social platforms. For me, it's like, what good is my voice if I'm not using it to help others? Because for me, it's not about the, it's not about the, um, the quality of life is not about how long I live, it's about the quality of life that I live from this point on. And the quality of the life that I want to live is making sure that the men and women who are behind these walls are not forgotten about and, and have the opportunity to have their story told and just have their day to be released. You know? Because no one should be defined by their circumstance. You should be defined by what you do with your circumstance. You know? And, and, and that's and that's what I put that's, that's the biggest takeaway since I've been home. You know, how I'm going to define what happened. So yeah, I walk in rooms and I embrace the fact that I was incarcerated because I'm no longer incarcerated and I'm not the individual that went in. You know, I'm not my crime. You know, I'm not this I'm not the situation that happened. I'm greater than the situation. And every man and woman that's incarcerated is greater than their situation. You know, and I don't think judges Lawyers and prosecutors have the right. Yeah, okay, you have a job, but at the same time, other states and other, and other countries don't have this problem. So you got 2.8 million people incarcerated in the United States of America. You know, you're putting more money in the prisons than you're putting in the schools, so that's saying you really don't care about it. You know, if, if, yeah. for, me, if for me, you know, to have an individual, you know, lock up the mentally ill you put you put people who are who are mentally who are, who are mentally not just mentally ill who are um i don't i don't like to say the but you know that the, you know for them to be hand, mentally challenged you put them on death row you know and then you put the mental then you put those who have mental health issues in prison around people who don't have mental health issues and that's toxic you know and it's not like so what you're doing Seattle Washington is is a beautiful thing. What y'all, what, what, what you are representing is a beautiful thing. And it's one thing I've recognized through history: change never came from 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 the masses. Change always came from the few. If you ever studied any revolutionary or any great movement, it always came from a few. You know, you're never going to get a large number to be on side of change. But they'll hop on after the change has come. Oh yeah, they'll hop on with it. Whatever the you know, so your movement, whether it's 10 or 100, you know, you're going to be able to move and do some things with those 100 people because those 100 people know somebody, you know. And you're only as great as the resources that you have.
0: Absolutely, man. I think that those, those words were very well spoken. And I think that they hold a lot of weight coming from, somebody who's been through the exact situation that we present here that we're talking about, people that are locked up, serving life. You know, we focus more on life sentences and people that are serving long-term sentences and the effects of that. And you are like a living example of the effect of that and a, a living proof of people can change, especially something that you raised up about the mitigating factors of you. And that is a, a really big issue right now that has been focused on, and, and the court system and the prosecutors still keep fighting it like it's not a fact, but it's already been proven in brain science about, you know, this was proven a long time ago. If you look at insurance companies who, you know, they won't even fully cover an adult male until they're over the age of 25, right? Mm. So, because they've already known about this brain science and the, and the adolescents And the factors of people that they don't make great decisions and and all those mitigating factors of things that they went through in their youth pay a big part in how those decisions are made. And then young people, youthful people are being held for the rest of their lives and just thrown away when there's so much life left. And then it just keeps incarcerating and incarcerating more people more and more people and that seems to be the answer when they just keep throwing money at that. And another point that I think that you made that I want to highlight is like they put more money into this prison system than they do into the school system. And that brings up the school to prison pipeline. You know, we've, we've had some interviews on here before with some people that are really working in that school to prison pipeline. I'm actually working with a guy in the development of a program here to make more aware of you know, the, how it is actually proven that these kids are on a trajectory to go to prison. And they can show it, and they actually, you know, they make predictions on budgets years in advance because they already got the data. They already know, yeah. basically, okay. that a, a percentage of these kids are about to go to prison. And so they're already building more prisons to put them in.
1: Yeah. Um. I just want to interject. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's proven that... Yeah. People study the um the um SOL test for third graders, right? I don't know. if they, I'm sure y'all have this. You, you have this data, man. Come across the data where they study all third graders across the United States, and they give them tests, and it's, it's and it's from those tests that they that they decide at the, at the age from third graders of how much money is going is going to be need and needed in the future for prison. So, like you said, they are placed, you know, are placed on a trajectory ahead of time. And it's sad because we grow up in a world where we think like, yo, we have choices, not knowing that some choices have already been placed for us. You know, lack of resources, things of that nature. And then, you know, you know an individual will say, well, you still get no right from wrong. But you played wrong around me all my life. You know, how do I choose right? What's right? You know what's what's like when I'm in a wrong situation, and it's easy to play. You know, like I, it's easy to play judge and jury, right? When you're not on the up, when you're not on the receiving end of that. You know, myself, I, I was, I was in the streets. I've done some things. You know, I've, I've been on both sides. Um, I've been shot. You know, um, and I survived that. I was shot five times. You know, um, and to come through the 25 years, and I didn't come through unscathed. Like I said isolation, not having nobody, I have my family, but no women, you know, so now I'm out here in the world, and, I, and I'm looking like, you know, how to interact and engage in conversations and in relationships, and, you know, and keeping my thoughts pure, and not even just saying pure, but just trying to make sure that, like, I'm always running around, like people always say, man, you're always moving, but sometimes I move because when I'm still, like, like my thoughts are loud. You know, and I don't know, you know, just I'm in my head and my, and my thoughts are so loud that I say no, but I don't want to deal with some of those thoughts that's in my head. You know, so now, you know, with good, with good brothers around me and good men and good people around me, you know, um, I'm able to discuss, you know, what I went through, you know, what I've experienced, what I'm experiencing now. And I couldn't have it without, you know, good individuals in my corner like OG, Ole Miss, um... Definitely manifest some beautiful, uh, honeysuckle um, magazine. You know, Jamie, Jamie Loven, and and and, and Pinto. You know, they have a, a a lovely magazine, and we're gonna align them with with you as well, so because they do social issues, you know, and they have a large audience that are definitely about change. You know, um, uh, uh, another person by the name of Shawana Bond. She has an organization called Silent Cry. And she's from Bakersfield, California, but she lives in New York. And she's working on a, a bill called Post Traumatic Prison Disorder. The effects the mental effects the mental and traumatic effects of post incarceration. So okay. these are people that are these are people that are also in alignment with what you're doing. I was able to come home and um I work with I work with um Correctional Health Services. So what I deal with is I deal with the population of men and women coming home from White Island who have mental health issues and who are, who are also, you know, suffering from um, who been diagnosed with hepatitis. You know, that's a big thing in person. Coming home and, right. and, and and having to deal with illnesses, no health care, poor, poor health care while you're in prison. You know, it's like we're lab, we're lab rats all over again. You know, absolutely. But the, one of the biggest things. You know when Omid was telling me about, you know, just all the people who are, who are on, you know, who have natural light. Not to mention the individuals that are on death row. That, that was something traumatic that I had to experience because I was on several institutions where they had, the, you know, before they started lethal injection, where they had the electric and they would lock us down, and you would always know when somebody was getting ready to be electrocuted because the lights would blink. You know, so imagine having that play in your site. You only sell in and your and life thinking because you know someone is being executed. And then you come outside, I'm coming outside like it's business as usual, like no one's been dying here. You know, so after a while, after a you know, and then again, I'm serving a life sentence, but it wasn't guaranteed that I was going to be home because my co defendant is still in there. Will Sean Ryan, he he's still in there. He had 90 years, and I had the life sentence, and I made it before he did. And we're still fighting to get him home. You know, so let
0: Yes. Let me ask you a question. So you serve you served twenty five years, is that right? Yes, sir. So at which point do you believe in your sentence did you really like see start to see things differently? And start to do something differently with your time and with your life.
1: Okay, well, you know wow. I want to say about, man, seven or eight, seven years in because what, I, what what allowed me to become more humane, I became a teacher's aide. And I started helping people get their GEDs and learn computers. And, and for my whole 25 years, I think I worked as a teacher's aide. Every institution I went to, every institution I went to, I, I worked as a teacher's aide. You know, and it was in that, giving back and seeing young men, you know, who didn't have an opportunity, who couldn't read or write. Who didn't know? You know, education is the key. First and foremost, we're not even legally literate. So that's how they—that's how they serve us up. We go before a judge and We're not legally literate. Anytime the law library is smaller than the basketball court, there's a problem. You know, anytime there's more people on the, on the yard and not in the in the law library, some of us have already given. Up. You know, so for me, it was when yeah. I started helping people see the beauty in their education because I was going to school that's how I got to Virginia I was I was enrolled in Virginia State University so I'm I don't really I don't come with a you know, a, a, a story I had an opportunity and made it out right I made it out. if you want to say made it I was able to attend school and I caught my case out there so when I was able to start helping young men and older men find a way and find beauty in reading, you know, I would go, you know, I was so much about education. I would pay young, I would pay the young people on the yard, out of my own pocket to do books. Read a book. And then come outside and talk about it and we'll go to Congress, and we'll go to Congress and get you some. I didn't let them know that ahead of time, but after they read the book, I said, okay, you know, give you a little insistence, man. You know, that, for me, that's what I think about my eighth year, I recognized you know, because I was never a dummy. I was, all, I was always about education, you know. But at that point, it was right. I got to do something to make me happy, to satisfy me, because, yeah, I got a life in it. And one thing I can say, I never, thought that, I never thought that the book of life was going to end it. And when I mean the book of life, I'm talking about the story of our individual lives. I never held it, because the judge is not the author of time, you know. He's not the author of time. So, although you, although you sent me to that, that wasn't what, that wasn't what I had. Because I was sent to a life sentence once you born. Right? Everyone has a life sentence. Once you're born. You know? And I was watching, and it's funny because I went to see the movie The Joker, and there's a a scene in the movie where, where um, where the Joker says, the world is one big hospital. Everyone is just waiting to die. You know, living to die. You know, so once I recognize that the judge wasn't the author of time, I just did certain things.
0: No. I, you know, so I think that that, that is a, a beautiful thing, man. I think that being able to help people or do things for people and create some type of a, a spark in their life to where the light goes on, that is very rewarding because I find myself doing the same type of things like I try to get involved with programs to where I can share some knowledge in some type of way like whether it's self-help or rehabilitation type things or you know something toward with art like I'm an artist and I and I love to be able to, to share that and pass that along to the next person because art really helped me to see things differently so I think that through education and through art, whether it be writing, whether it be drawing, painting, crafting, music, uh, you know, whatever type of art, because life really is an art, you know, and, and being able to spread that knowledge and spread that positivity of giving somebody else a piece of art, whether, whether whatever it may be is something that is satisfying and something that is fulfilling, you know, and that's kind of like what I notice as a theme with a lot of people that are serving life is that once they get into a certain amount of years, that's why I asked you that question because I see it with, with a lot of life, not a hundred percent of course, but you know, there's, there's a lot of lifers that that is the pathway that they, they go down that we go down is because, you know, we don't want to just sit here and see the same people get out and come back to prison again. And a lot of it has to do with they don't have the knowledge. They just, you know, they don't have the education, so they just they, they go back to what they knew. That's that's what they've grown up with. That's what they've known. And that's what they continue to perpetuate because they don't know yeah. any better.
1: So more. You know, no, yeah. go ahead, go
0: ahead, once they get that knowledge, once the light turns on and they're able to see things a little bit differently, and you know that that like inspires and instills a hunger to want to know more, and then, boom, it just it, it spirals. Just the same way as it can go backwards and spiral. Once you start getting a taste and a hunger for that, the same thing can happen with positive directions. Whatever you whatever you want to do, because there's so many different creative, fun, enjoyable, thrilling. And adventurous things that you can do that are positive going to give you a fulfilling life and, and lead you in a direction that's not going to head back to prison or to be able to transcend these walls after serving a life sentence. That, you know, once I figured that out, and I'm sure once you figured that out, you know, there's no need to do that. It, but a lot of people, they just don't know any better because they never experienced it, you know? Indeed. and it's And it's, it's hard to get through to that.
1: You know, um... There's a book man that changed my life, man. A, a teacher gave it to me while a teacher that I was working for gave me this book to read while I was incarcerated, and it's called "It's called A Man's Search for Meaning." I don't know, I don't know if you ever read it by Victor Frankl. Say,
0: say that again. Man, Can you say that again?
1: A Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl.
0: Man, okay. this
1: book man, man, I'm telling you, this book man changed my perspective on life, you know, and I became more humane. When I say more when I say I because it's easy to be cold in that environment. It's easy to not care. It's easy, you know, when you see seeing death around you, people hanging those folks, people being stabbed, you know, it's easy to just conform to that and say, you know what, I'm not gonna care You know, but eventually you have you know, I chose I took it upon myself to say, No, I care about me. Right? And the best part of while I was there was being able to pour into other people, like you said, man. You know, when you're pouring into someone else, it's are so pissed off. And the only way to keep it is that you give it away. That's the only way to keep Whatever you have is to give it away. Because if you don't, it'll die with you. Right? So, right. Frederick Nietzsche, um, um, Nietzsche said this one time, right? And I read this out of um, Man's Search for Meaning. Nietzsche said, a man who has a wife to live for can bear with almost any how. Again, a man who has a wife to live for can bear with almost any how. And then, so there came a time where I had to ask, you know, I had to find my wife. And, and for me, my wife was my mother. You know, because crime is about self. You know, for me, I did my crime. You know, so for all those who didn't do their crime and are walking around and, and, and knowing that they didn't do it and saying that they're innocent, even I that, Because you start feeling like man, yeah, everybody feels like they're in because you recognize hey, man. There are people in here that's finish. You know? And so Absolutely. for me And so for me, my wild was my mother. So I could bear with the how things were going. But I knew I had to play a part in how I was gonna react to how they were going. See, that's my only that was my only choice, how I'm going to respond to what's happening around me. I'm not, I might not be, I might not be responsible for what happened, but I am responsible for how I react to what happens around me, right? And that's the choice. So I came home like, and I came home feeling like I owe. So I do a little YouTube video. You know, I speak wherever I can speak. I volunteer at the probation department. I talk in my, I talk in my, in my hood, because it's not a community. We're trying to turn it back to a community. It's been destroyed and, and tore down to a hood. From a community to a neighborhood, and now we just got a hood. And, you know, what do you do with hoods? Hoods are used to cover up something. So when when we're in areas that are called projects and hoods, that's all by design. And then we act according to the environment that we are in. You know, how do you want me to care about my environment when you don't have no trash cans in my neighborhood, in my project? So you're forcing me to be, to, 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 right? Um, we don't have, right. much, you know, I can't, I can't go get a good deep breakfast. You're putting up, you're closing right because you're building a community jail, you don't have too many centers where we can go play, right? Mm-hmm. Violence is everywhere, you know? So, like I said, men and women that are coming out and being vehicles and devils for change, as long as I'm able to be able to reach one person, you know? And, and, I'm, and my motto is this, and I always say this, man, I shouldn't have to be afraid of my own people, right? So if I die by the hands of one of them doing what I'm doing, it's OB. But I'm not going to be afraid of telling them or speaking to them, not talking to them, speaking with them. You know? And not even just that, because I have this isn't even for them. This is about making sure that the people who are policymakers hear me. Because what am I to tell a young man or woman, young young boy or girl, you'll go to school and be all you can be? But the people who are in control of the resources won't bring the resources to your neighborhood. And you know, right. so that's why I'm holding accountable. I'm not out here with the, pull yourself up by the picture of talent. No, we're going to hold the people who are in charge accountable. Right? Call them out on what they say that they represent. You're not just going to canvas our community for, for votes and then don't do anything for us. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you know, when the old man told me, and um, like I said, I got a friend by the name of um Shalaf. He had talked through rain um, Talking to, and he has golden line. And he, this golden line is for social justice. And a brother named by the name of Malar Devine He has a book out. You know, you can see him on Instagram. Um, the, un, the unseen, the unseen hands. Um, Prison survivor, right? Prison survivor. Okay. That's, the stephan- that's the name of the book. Prison survivor. Right. So you know. It's that sounds stephan-
0: interesting. Stephan- I would love. I would love to read that.
1: Yes,
0: yes, yes. Come on, matter of fact, let me make sure. Because I don't want you... Mm. I'll make sure that I get the info on it and I'll have to get it. Uh, Yeah, I think that man, anybody who's doing stuff Uh like that is Uh, is, uh,
1: heading in the right direction. Yes, it's called Prison Survival, Hell's Prison. I'm a law designer.
0: M-A-L-L-A-H-D-I-V-I-N-E. It's
1: on Amazon. It's out
0: there. It's on Amazon? okay yeah. well that's good because then people in prison can get it you know most places except from Amazon so uh, yeah I'll definitely yeah. have to get that one and, and check it out man because what, what yeah. you were saying there about like you know not just uh, talking to the people about it but talking to the people who actually make the decisions and can actually do something to affect that change like the lawmakers and stuff and that's why you know on January 20th there's going to be a candlelight vigil here in Washington State at the Capitol building in Olympia, Washington. And uh, it's going to be at 5 p.m. Man, it's on, uh, you know, I think it's Martin Luther King Day, but it's it's on the day to where people are able to really come out and say, hey, you know, these people aren't forgotten about. And light a candle for all the 1,300 people that are sentenced to basically die in prison. I'm one of those people, you know, and and even if I don't ever get out of prison, man, I really want to be able to do something with my life that makes an impact. So basically, I just want to make my life have a purpose. I don't want to just die in prison and be forgotten about. So that's why, you know, it's my passion and my mission to really Do this project with design prediction to give a voice to the incarcerated and create opportunities for people to not just sit around in prison and do nothing with their lives but to be able to have a platform to reach out and speak for themselves and say, hey, look, look, I'm not just sitting in here rotting away and dying. I'm actually doing something with my life and, you know, if I were given another opportunity, I could get out and I could do something positive for the community. So that's what This is a social enterprise, and it's about creating a community, kind of like what you were talking about, of supportive people that are really working towards a common objective, and that is to make change and to show that all these things that we're talking about are real, and you're a living proof of that. But this event on January 20th is is to show that, and we're supporting a bill called Senate Bill 5819 And it's basically bringing parole back to Washington State, because Washington State right now doesn't have parole, and, uh, you know, so I'm in here on life without the possibility of parole, and I don't have it on my sentence, I don't have a a number of years or anything, it's letters, it just says LWOP, so there is no opportunity, there's no way to get out, you know, And, and I think that if people should at least be able to be looked at, especially people that have a lot of mitigating factors and people that were younger that when when things happened and they made mistakes you know I'm I'm not saying that I'm gonna sit here and say I was an like an innocent bystander or something but I'm not guilty of the crime that I'm convicted of which gave me the life without the possibility of parole, and I'm wrongfully convicted of that but I take full responsibility for all the things that I have done and I've done a lot of bad things and I don't. I don't try to make excuses and say that I shouldn't have gone to prison for a long time because I deserve to go to prison for a long time with all the stuff that I've done in my life and all the things that led me up to this point in the situations that I put myself in. But I also firmly and strongly believe that just as I deserve that, I think that not only me, but hundreds and thousands of other people in this state and across the country, millions of people that are sentenced to basically die or spend so much of their life in prison that when they get out, they're going to get out and be old and not really have any capabilities of making any type of meaningful life for themselves because, you know, they're going to be past that, that time in their life, man. So I believe that not only is this bill here in Washington need to go through and need to be able to at least provide an opportunity for people to prove themselves that, hey, You know, they have changed, they've done their stuff, and they deserve another chance. But I think on a national level, there needs to be something to where there is parole brought back because all the statistics say that states with parole, they got a lower recidivism rate. And not only that, but stop focusing so much on the punishment and start focusing on the rehabilitation. Instead of putting all this money into making sure that you have tighter security, why don't you put some money into making sure? that people are going to be able to have a meaningful way to rehabilitate and start seeing things differently, you know? So I just, I want to say man that, uh, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing a little bit of yourself with us. And I, I hope that with all the things that you're doing, we can continue to build this bridge that we're building together and, and continue to bring more people that are like-minded and, and be able to work and move in this positive direction towards, common goal and have something effect in a change man because that's really what needs to take place on so many different levels and just for even the common person that really they're just so wrapped up in their life that they're not really worried about it because I understand man there's a lot of issues that people have and this might not be one that affects them however it does it does affect every single person across the country it affects them because Not only are these people just getting released out into society and they really don't have any means to get by, so a lot of people go back to the same stuff. However, if you were to look at it, it affects them very impactfully in their taxes. They're paying so much money to continue to incarcerate people instead of taking that money to educate people. And then you reduce the problem instead of perpetuating the problem. You know, but, yeah, man.
1: That is just, true, man. Uh,
0: thank you very much for having me.
1: Man. You know, to whatever I can do on this end, we might light some candles over here. In New York City, I, I'll call on some people and we'll light some candles in, in unison with you, brother. You know, um, because at the end of the day, we are all brothers and sisters in this struggle to fight for to fight for um, freedom, man. You know, solid definitely liberation. You know, because a lot of people are free mentally, you Know just want to be physically liberated, so I understand that as well. And everyone that I know and come in contact with from here on out, I'm going to make mention of your organization and bring them to your page. And and that's what I'm gonna do. You know, and we shall continue to keep up this this pipeline. You know, this bridge, not a pipeline, this bridge. You know, definitely,
0: absolutely, man. It's from coast to coast right here, man, east to the that's west. Right. That's in, right. Uh... That's right you know and and we're definitely very appreciative of you and everything that you're doing there as well and we want to like we said we want to keep building that and you know we want to promote you as well and and at a you know at a later time I'd love to have you back on and we can talk with you some more and and learn more about you and see you know more of this great work that you're doing out there and and, uh you know no problem man definitely
1: and, you, and, and give my love and respect and support, man, to every guy in there, man, that's, you know, that's dealing with what they're dealing with. And um, if at any given time, matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm also affiliated with a lady. She has a Just Right Prisoners Project. So, you know, if you have some people that, you know, put some names and we'll get some letters to them, you know, because I know how that how that support feels. Just to get that paper, get that letter of somebody saying hello or card, you know, that's what we'll do, man. You know, whatever, you know, however, whichever way, man, I can be a surgeon. You know, I keep my phone in my hand. I don't mind answering for anybody, you know, because I know how it feels to, you know, to want to reach out and just, just to be able to vent or just say hello. You know, just, ask, just I know that somebody else is on the other side besides the, side the CO just telling to stand together. You know, so I understand, man, and um, thank you for taking your time, you know, well, you could have been anywhere, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that, man.
0: Hey, man, anytime, man. Anytime, and we'll definitely keep in touch, and uh, you take care, and and enjoy your day, man. And you do the same, man. Love you, bro you All Y'all right. Y'all stay out, yep, man. Much, much love and respect, brother. Hey, I mean, that was a great interview. Mr. Magnetic, that's my guy, man. I really I really hope to continue to build that and grow that connection there because, I mean, that's really what the end result of what we stand for here is about. He is somebody who had a life sentence, went through 25 years of prison, got out, and is now doing very good, setting an example, and helping others. And I really applaud that. I respect it a lot. And I got big love for somebody like that. So thank you very much, Magnetic. I just want you to know that. At this time, in this portion of our show, what we like to do, as you know, or if you don't know, now you know, is that we like to ask questions or have a question asked to us. So be sure to hit us up on lifeofalifer.com, designconviction.com design conviction on instagram or a life of a lifer on instagram you can also find us on twitter facebook we're all over the place so don't be shy and if you got any questions go ahead and feel free to ask and i might even answer it on the show but if not we'll get back to you on there for sure but i definitely like hearing what you want to know about because i want to get interactive i want to communicate with the people out there and and I want to be able to share myself and let you get to know me from the inside out so here today we got a question about this is kind of an interesting one uh, how do you deal with living with another guy like a silly or whatever do you have a silly? and what is that like so <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I, I went Probably five years while, you know, serving time in close custody where I didn't have a cellie. Or for the majority of that, anyways, didn't have a cellie and was able to have my own cell. And I got to tell you, when you're living in a six by nine concrete room with, you know, two bunks and a toilet in there and a sink, and so it's your. It's not only is it your room, it's your living room, it's your closet, it's your bedroom, it's, uh, you know, your bathroom. It's everything, right? It's the kitchen. <laughs> it's everything all in one, and it's probably about the size of your average closet. Uh, maybe a little bigger, like maybe a, a, a little walk-in closet or something, you know? But when when you put the bunks in there, you really kind of stuff in there, and so... Now, when I moved to a lower, a lower custody level than close custody, you basically are not able to get a cell in my area anyways. And uh, I, uh, it took me quite a while to adjust to that period because I wasn't used to it after so long. I got accustomed to just being able to have my own space and that was nice especially when you don't have much of it and uh, so it, it took me time and then you know you don't always get to get the perfect person I mean how can you ever find the perfect person to live with and a lot of times it's difficult to even get moves to where you can actually pick the person that you live with sometimes they just throw you in there with people and it's uh. You know, and then you can't get moves. And that's that's the way that the system works. I mean, a lot of times you should be able to find somebody that you can be compatible with. But then again, like I said, living in that close proximity with people, it's kind of like you just got to have a common respect. And it's very difficult. You got to have patience. Uh, you'll You find that little things start to bother you. And you got to kind of, overlook that otherwise you begin to have issues and that's not fine because really that is one of the most important things is being able to find somebody that in your own personal space that you can be compatible with so i struggle with that still even i I struggle with you know you after a while especially sometimes you start to nitpick things and then you have to go back and remember it's like hey you know there's always a lot of worse options than what you have now, and so you just try to mitigate, I guess, the things that you don't like and focus on the, the positive parts of it, which goes towards anything in life. If you apply that rule to everything in life, that is how I have been able to cope and to be able to move forward with things as I try to Focus more on the positive than the negative so when I start thinking negatively and start complaining either to myself or others I, I, I try to snap out of that and remember okay all these bonuses all these good things here are what I need to focus on because those are the things that are going to propel me forward now if I just keep focusing on these negative things I'm not going to go anywhere and i'm going to end up actually going backwards and that's not what i want so when i outweigh it and focus on the positive stuff that stuff shines light over the cast shadow of the negatives i guess if that answers the question anyways please be sure to tune in next week and i want to say that i appreciate everybody Not only the people that are listening, but the people that are behind the scenes making this thing even possible. I want to send a big thank you and appreciation. I want to wish everybody a happy New Year's. Go ahead and take goals that you want to do, even if it's something small. Take some things that you want to achieve this year, write them down. Not only just write them down, but set out some steps that you're going to take. And I really, really, really recommend not biting off more than you can chew because that is how you get to big things is you start with small things. You start with small steps. You know, you crawl before you can walk. You walk before you can run. And you run before you can sprint. So I really just thank you and stay tuned for next time. And have a great day. Thank you. Yeah.